everyone and welcome to Not So Secular, the place where we talk about how the world we live in is not as secular as we often think. We just choose to see it that way. My name is Mon Reyes, I'm a youth missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. In this episode, I thought I'd share with you some of my further thoughts and a little bit of my experience last Friday. You see what happened last Friday as I was guested in Radio Veritas. This is a radio station in the Philippines dedicated for Catholic programs and Catholic content, basically. They asked me to show up in one of their in one of their programs called The Art of the Heart. And I was asked to show up there by a, a former co-servant of mine. And so she knew me and she had heard about my podcast and she asked me to be there, share a bit about my story, share a bit about my podcast. And so that's what happened. That's what I did. I shared a bit about my experience of growing up as a Catholic, being exposed to all of the traditions and practices and learning about these things, but not really taking them seriously. It was just one of the things, one of the many things that I knew was somehow important, that I was involved in, that I had to do because everyone in the family did it, but it wasn't really something that I was personally invested invested in, not until later on in my life. And so I shared a bit about that. I shared a bit about the podcast. They, they asked some questions. And for today, I figured that I want to elaborate a bit more on one of the questions that they asked me toward the end particularly because toward the end, you know, having talked about a bit about my background in the youth ministry and a bit about my podcast and the things that I'd like to do here, the things that I'm trying to achieve here, um, they asked me toward the end, uh, they asked me about how I would describe the youth today. Like, ano yung kabataan ngayon? If, if we were, if, if we want to understand them better and relate with them better, what are the, some of the things that are important to understand about them, that are important to know about them? And the, the, the program had little time. It had limited time, rather. Um, and so I, I also limited my answer to something more straightforward, to something more simple. But I figured that it might be helpful also to get to talk about that, to get to discuss that further. So they asked me, diba? They asked me, well, how would you describe the youth today? And I thought about it for a while. And the, the first answer that really came upon me was that the youth today are so layered. They are so layered. Now, think about this. This is also an example that I gave during the during the radio program, the radio broadcast, but try to imagine this. Okay, so now we have Instagram. A couple of years back, I mean, around 15 years ago, we didn't have Instagram, but now we do. So Instagram is there. Instagram is a photo platform. It's a bit different from Facebook. I think it's more personal. The, the way people use it, it's more personal compared to Facebook. And so we have Instagram. And Sometimes people post only on Instagram and not on Facebook. And I think part of the reason why that is is because everyone's parents are on Facebook. <laughs> so sometimes if we want if we want to manage who sees our stuff, because it's a Facebook, I say it's so easy to just accept people, accept friend requests and all that, even though we don't really know each other, even though yeah, these are more acquaintances or friends of friends. But in Instagram, some people treat it a bit differently. For for Instagram, some people are a bit more choosy when it comes to who they follow and who they accept as followers if you're if you have a private account. And so a lot of people have Instagram accounts and young people in particular have Instagram accounts. And so they post about their 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 
some of the things that are happening in their lives. They post about their day. They post about their trips. And that's fun and interesting and all. And within Instagram, what we have, the stories, right? It's kind of like the ripoff of what Snapchat did, basically. But it eventually became more popular than Snapchat. So Instagram stories are what we post that are more fleeting. It's just there for a day and then not anymore unless you pin it in your profile as a highlight. So we have the Instagram posts and then we have the Instagram stories. And then apart from the Instagram stories, we have what we call close friends in Instagram. So what are close friends for some of the older people who might not be familiar? Close friends are a select group of people within your followers list whom you allow to see certain posts. So not everyone get to, will, will get to see some of the stories that you post. Okay, some stories will only be seen by close friends if you toggle that um, option. And so that is what happens with close friends. There are some posts that are available for everyone to see, and there are some posts that are only available for certain people to see. Now, here's the thing. Having a close friends group within your Instagram account in itself is already one layer. Being on Instagram, posting something on Instagram, and not on Facebook is another layer. Okay, now imagine this. A lot of young people nowadays, they don't just have one Instagram account. Sometimes they have two. Sometimes they have three. What are the secondary accounts for? They, they have what is called a dump account or a finsta. This is what the kids call it nowadays. <laughs> what it is basically is that it's a separate account. Okay, so your primary account, you try to keep it clean. You try to keep it nice and aesthetic and all that. It's selected. It's curated. But on the dump account, it's more loose. It's more... It's more um, random even sometimes. And so they just post what they feel. They post a story about this and about that. And, and that, that is what happens in a dump account. That is what happens in a Finsta. And, and it's interesting because what happens is that in the Finsta, they have an even smaller group of people that they follow and that they allow as followers. So aside from the main account and aside from the close friends, some people even have their dump account. Some people even have their Finsta, which is a smaller group of people, which is another layer okay, upon, upon which they can share their personal lives to people. Now, here is pushing it even further. Some people within their Finsta, within their dump, they even have a set of close friends within the dump account, which is crazy. I mean, think about that. You have one layer, another layer, another layer, another layer, the dump close friends, the dump account, the primary account close friends, the primary account, your Facebook social profile, and it's just crazy. The youth these days are super layered. And maybe some older people might not understand this as as you know as easily as the young people would maybe some older people would, would try to even question it what is this for what is even the point of having a dump account can't you just post everything on your primary account this is something that i'm guilty of like of, of thinking about then in, in before previously but you know I'm, I'm beginning to understand it better the more i spend time with young people i'm beginning to understand that for a lot of young people it, the, the 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 landscape the the online landscape is quite different because for people like me who are i guess i'm still counted as a millennial um for people like me we know what it's like to not have the internet in our lives we still have memories of not having internet or of having very bad internet the the dial-up if you remember that kind of internet um we have that experience. We, we know what it's like to live our lives without having this device um, 
by your side all the time, even during the time when you're about to sleep and by the time that you wake up. We know what that's like, but a lot of young people increasingly nowadays are less and less knowing what that is like. You know, when, when sometimes our, our, our grandparents or our lolas, lolos, titos, titas would talk about something from the past. You know, before, buti kayo, you, you have your laptops and you have your computers. Before, we only had our typewriters. And uh, a typewriter is a device that doesn't have, it doesn't have a software, it's all hardware, and it literally just types in, it punches in letters after another into a piece of paper. That's a typewriter for those of you who don't know what a typewriter is anymore. And, you know, there was a time even before when we didn't have email, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Friendster or MySpace. We had to send our letters manually. We had to have a courier um, send it, a mail, a posting service, send it from one house to the other, kind of like you would expect your Lazada, your Shopee, or your deliveries arrive at your door that was how things were uh, messages were sent they didn't have text they didn't have messenger and you know how sometimes we can look at these things these concepts these ideas and think now oh, okay i kind of get it but we don't really we don't really imagine what it's like to live life that way to not have text to not have email to not have all of these other things that, that are so easy to take for granted because of how technology has progressed and and so easy to to take that for granted to, yes, kind of understand it in a certain degree, but we don't really know what that's like. In in the same way, a lot of these young people that we have right now are living in a, in a different time. Because I'm sobrang bilis, the way that technology has progressed the past years, the previous few years, have been so extreme, have been so intense. And they are living in a landscape, in a world, in an environment that is so alien compared to how we lived before. And all of these layers, okay, these layers of what you can show to certain people that you can't show to other people, you get to choose what you show. And the thing about social media is it's all curated. I mean, Oftentimes, you see posts of people who are happy in social media. Sometimes you see rants. Sometimes you see something that they say about the government, about politics, about what's happening in society. All of these things. Sometimes it's sad, yeah. But even when it's sad, everything that you see online, everything, it's curated. It's, it's selected. They only show you what they want to show you. you. You only see from this person that thing that he or she shared, okay? The only things that we see, even if it's a sad post, are the things that they want you to see, are the things that they have posted, are the things that they have shared, they have thought about. Maybe this is something that has been in their drafts for some time now. This is something that we also do. We post about stuff that we want to post about. We don't, it doesn't just happen. It's not like being in a normal conversation or in a face-to-face -face conversation where, where the reactions are not controlled. Because if something happens or someone says something, you react, you respond. Um, some people are more reserved and so it's not obvious how they react or how they respond, but that's that's how it is. But it's not like that when you're in the online space. And, and it's so easy to be deceived in the online space into thinking that this must be what the real world is like, but because it's it's not. It's not. Everything is curated there. And all of these layers that we're imposing upon ourselves and upon each other, speaking particularly about the, the young people here, but it's not just the young people. Some older people are guilty of this as well. All of these layers that we've imposed upon ourselves to try to make ourselves appear in a certain way is not always helpful to our internal self. It's not always helpful to our internal state because it... it, it 
one of the things, one of the more obvious things that it produces in us is that it produces a sense of jealousy. It produces, or maybe even envy, not just jealousy. Because we see the lives of these other people and it seems like they have it all together. And it seems like everything is going fine for them. Sometimes we think that, why can't I be like that? Why can't I be like this person? Everything is working out for this person. Why am I going through all of this hard stuff? Sometimes it comes out in that way. Other times, it comes out in a different way. It comes out in a way that, oh, that's what that person posts all the time. But if only other people knew how that person really is, they don't know the truth about him. Oh, if only they knew his real attitude. Sometimes we can get bitter about these things. And it's, it's kind of irrational to think about it because what's happening, I've heard it described in this way in the past, is that we're comparing the highlight reels of other people to our behind the scenes. And it's different. The, the highlight reels and the behind the scenes are different. You know, in, in sports, in basketball, for example, there are the highlight reels, the highlights of the game, where the best shots and the best crossovers and the best steals were made. And it's, it's crazy, but everyone likes watching the highlight reels, but no one likes watching the behind the scenes, unless we're speaking about movies. But no one likes to see the players just practicing, okay? Just being in the court, spending hours on end. These are the things that we don't see when we watch the playoffs. These are the things that we don't see when we watch the finals, because it's not as interesting <laughs> as, as the highlight reels. But the thing is, when it comes to ourselves, we know our own behind the scenes. We know what is happening in our lives. But the thing is, we don't always know what's happening in the behind the scenes of other people. We just see their highlight reels. We just see what they post and we compare what we experience versus what they show without taking into consideration that what we do, more or less, I mean, more often than not, is the same. We just post what we want to post. We just post our highlight reels and we don't even get to show what's happening behind the scenes. And even when we try to show what's happening behind the scenes, sometimes it's, well, oftentimes, it's also selected. It's also chosen already. It's also curated already. And so all of these layers, the, 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 the thing that I, 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 was, I was trying to bring up during the interview as I was talking about these layers, is that it's so easy to make it seem like your life is going in a certain way when it's not. And I think that's part of the reason why social media is supposed to be a tool that connects people, connects you and I better. I think the irony that we're seeing is that we have all of these tools to be connected with people and yet more and more people are falling into loneliness. And yet more and more people are falling into isolation. And yet more and more people are falling into social anxiety. They don't know how to talk to people anymore, real people, face to face. It just doesn't work anymore in the same way because we've got, especially during the pandemic, when everything was online, all of our meetings, all of our classes are done online. It's so easy to just turn off your camera when you're not interested, when you're doing something else, when you're preoccupied with something else, or when you get annoyed at someone, what they're saying, just turn off your camera. I just don't want to deal with this. But when you're talking to someone in real life, you can't do that. You can't do that. And so we get overwhelmed. And so it, be it becomes too much sometimes. And I'm not saying, okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that social media is bad. I'm not being a bitter old man here talking about, you know, back in our day, it was way better. I, I don't think that. I think the online world has given us a lot of things to be grateful for, has given us a lot of, a lot of things that we can do that even the richest people, the most intelligent people, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, couldn't even imagine doing in their entire lifetime. But the thing about social media is it's a tool. And the thing about tools is whether it's good or bad is not the case. What matters is the one holding it, 
what are the intentions, the ends of the one who is holding it, what are the means of the one who is holding it, and that is what will determine whether it's good or bad. The same hammer that can build furniture, that can build a house, can be the same hammer that can destroy and hurt people. It depends on who is holding it. Now, social media is a very powerful tool. It depends on who is holding it. But let's face the truth that social media is becoming a more powerful tool, more powerful than our capacity to wield it well. And so we must be mindful. We must be guarded when it comes to these things because, because a good soldier can wield a rifle well to protect his countrymen. But you cannot give the same rifle to a four-year-old. You cannot give the same rifle to a teenager. That would be crazy. That would be destructive, both for himself and for the people around him. And so I think we need to understand this better. Okay, so talking about it from, from the practical aspect, from what is happening on the outside, I want to shift this into what's happening on the inside. What's happening on the inside is something that I think we should be more aware of, something that I think we should be more cautious of that we should respond to better because all of these layers that we're putting up, we're trying to put up a facade. And this is something that I experienced personally in my life when I, I used to be a big time people pleaser. I used to act in ways that would get people to like me, to accept me, to befriend me, especially when I was in high school, when I was in grade school. And sometimes I, I was even willing to do things that I didn't like or agree with just because I wanted to gain popularity, just because I wanted to gain the acceptance of someone else. And that was something that was happening in person. Now imagine this, everyone is being given a, a tool that can make that more effective at the palm of their hands. As long as they have Wi-Fi, as long as they have data, they can do this. They can make themselves appear in a certain way or share certain things that would get reactions, that would get likes and and it's not always healthy. And what's happening within is this. What's happening within is we're trying to put out a version of ourselves that we think people would accept. Why? Because we want acceptance. Because we want to belong. Because we want to be a part of, of you know, people groups. We want to be a part of the family. Be a part of the friend group. And that's not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. But the problem is, the reason why a lot of people remain lonely even when we're so connected, quote-unquote, is because even when people accept what it is that we show them, we are deep inside aware that what we show them is not our entire selves. And so even when people approve of what we show them, we know deep inside, na shocks, what if they find out who I truly am? What if they find out how I think? What if they find out what the things that I've done in the past, the things that have been done to me in the past? Would that change the way they view me? Would that change the way they accept me? What would happen then? And so what happens with people, since they are so in control of what they show, they hold back the things that they find shameful. They hold back the things that they are afraid that other people would know about them. And so we create further walls, further layers. Why? Because we want to protect ourselves from being hurt. That's what happens. We are afraid of being vulnerable because being vulnerable opens us up to being hurt, opens us up to being taken advantage of. And that's something that's not good because maybe some of us here have been taken advantage of in the past. But the thing is, the problem with that thinking is the very same walls that we put up to protect ourselves are the very same walls that keep us from receiving true love, genuine, authentic love and friendship because we think we need to protect ourselves all the time. And so we are being kept from 
understanding that these people, they really care for me or seeing who the people are in our lives that really care for us because we think they only care for the version of ourselves that we show them. We often talk about God's unconditional love when it comes to church, right? But the thing is, God's love is unconditional, but sometimes, oftentimes, it's us, we, who put the conditions upon ourselves because we think we need to appear in a certain way, because we think we need to act in a way that would be loved, that would be accepted. We are afraid to be vulnerable because we think we need to get the upper hand, because we think we need to constantly protect ourselves. And yes, there are times when we need to protect ourselves. And yes, we need to be, we need to be firm. We need to have that kind of, that kind of fortitude in our lives. We need to be able to protect ourselves when, when the situation calls for it. Let's not just give ourselves to everyone and anyone that we meet. But at the same time, we also need to let our guard down every once in a while. Because that is how we will experience. That is how we will witness how God's love and how people love us. Because there are some people who really want to love you, who really want to be there with you, for you. But because you haven't allowed them, you're unable to receive that. And because you're unable to receive that, you think you're so lonely. You think you're so alone when you're not. Not necessarily. Now, I get it. Some people really are alone. But I think there are more people who feel lonely even though they are really not. Just because they have kept themselves from being revealed, from being shown, from being vulnerable. This is the same thing that we see in the story of Adam and Eve. The first time that they ate from the fruit of the tree that God had told them not to eat from, what did they, what did they do? They realized their nakedness and they, they started hiding from each other. Why? Because for the first time, they couldn't trust each other. They were afraid to be vulnerable with each other because they know they knew that they could be hurt. And in the process of knowing that they could be hurt, they also understood that they could hurt the other person. Vulnerability. But that's the thing about love. Love opens us up to being hurt. And the thing is, whether we love or not, we are going to get hurt anyway. The question is, are we getting hurt for the right reasons? Love opens us up to being hurt. It's easy to not get hurt when we don't care. I don't care. Like, why should this affect me? But the moment we start loving, the moment we start opening ourselves to people, we open our hearts to getting hurt also. And that's not always a bad thing. That can be taken advantage of. And take, be, taking advantage of that kind of trust is one of the worst things that you could do to someone. Okay? I'm not saying that you, we should just trust foolishly, recklessly. That's not what I'm saying. Of course, our trust has to be based on something. Of course, our trust has to be based on relationship. Our trust has to be based on someone's track record. Our trust has to be based also on the respect that we have on the other person, the other person's trustworthiness, the other person's faithfulness, these things to consider, a lot of things, okay? Uh, there's no hard and fast rule when it comes to these things, but I think what happens is that when we go to the extreme of not trusting anyone because the only people we think that we can trust is ourselves, then no wonder we're so isolated. No wonder we're so alone. Love does that. Love opens Doors. Man, kind of reminds me of that Frozen song, which is a terrible song. I mean, it's a good song, but the, the storyline of Frozen during that part was just bad. <laughs> and, uh, going back to the topic, vulnerability. That is a part of love. And all of these layers that we've put out around ourselves, man, they can, they can get the better, they can get the better part of us. We need to be aware and we need to dare, learn how to dare to love once more. And the beautiful thing about our faith is that in, in 1 John 4.19, it says we love because God first loved us. 
It is God's love that shows us what true love is really like. And Jesus, the way he showed us this love is, is just unbelievable. He allowed himself to be vulnerable. The all-powerful one allowed himself to be vulnerable to experience death, even death on a cross, so that he could be with us and so that he could show us the way and show us what real love is like. Because real love, true love, courageous love is not afraid to be hurt. It's not afraid to make sacrifices for other people. True love is not foolish. It's not reckless. It's not emotions-based. But there is something about it that makes us greater than we are. It transforms us. And that is part of what we receive when we respond to the gospel. When we respond to who Jesus is and what he has done for us. When we choose the life that he offers us. It transforms us into better people who are more capable of loving and allowing ourselves to be loved. And so this is... This episode is a bit <laughs> it's a bit different from usual because I normally have an outline and today I just figured to just share my reflections on this one thing, this one conversation that um, I've, I've had recently during the interview. But I figured that this might be helpful for some people who are listening to this. Um, this just came up during my morning routine when I was when I was doing my usual stuff. I figured, you know, it got me thinking about the, the interview that, that had happened. You could listen to that. I'll, I'll send here uh, in the description the link to the Facebook Live of that interview. The audio is a bit not that good. I'm not sure why, but it's understandable. So you could go ahead and listen to that if you are interested. And continue praying for me. Um, uh, I'd like to ask for your prayers as we go forward. And I hope these kinds of reflections are also helpful for you. This is not, again, this is not the more usual structured <laughs> discussions about a particular topic. And this is more of an open reflection on the things that I have been thinking about and the things that I've experienced also in the past. Because, you know, this is a very personal thing for me. I, this is also part of how I learned um, to see God's love more. It's, it was through people. It was through the people who accepted me, through the people who were there for me in the ups and in the downs, in the victories and in the failures. And this is something that I think a lot of us are are missing. A lot of us should appreciate more the the, the kind of the value of of communion, the value of community, of being with other people and walking with them and journeying with them. This is something that's very important for us to understand. And a huge thing that that is a part of that is our willingness to be open to the people around us. And yes, that opens us up to being hurt, but is there any better way to live than to love? To love truly and to love freely, to love fully, as God has shown us how to love. And so with all that said, thank you for listening all the way through. Stay in touch. We have a Facebook group now for Not So Secular. I'll have the link on the description so that you could join in for further discussions and conversations and questions and Again, continue praying for me. I'll be praying for you too. Thank you very much and I'll see you next week. Bye.